I think it's so important to know what matters to you. Like for me, the numbers need to make sense. I'm a numbers girl. Numbers need to make sense. And when they do, fear just kind of disappears, you know? Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey, it's Sarah Larby. You're listening to Where Should I Invest? And today's guest is Aki, who is super talented, one of the founders of Wink, real estate investor, and also has uh, started buying in Mexico and some really cool properties in between. She does some short-term rentals uh, and a ton of different things in her portfolio. But uh, she's also giving back to the women investor community uh, by founding with a couple other wonderful ladies, Wink Canada, uh, and has just a great story. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. But before we do that, let's hear from Streetwise Mortgages. Dahlia, what do we need to know about the financing world today? Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. With mortgage qualification getting tougher these days due to the rising interest rate environment, I wanted to let you know about some innovative solutions on the street that can help you qualify for a higher mortgage amount or for better mortgage terms on both a purchase and a refinance. As you may know, in order to qualify for a mortgage with a traditional lender like an A lender or a B lender, your income and debt ratios must fit the lender's gross debt service ratio, which is called the GDS, and the lender's total debt service ratio, which is referred to as the TDS. If you need a reminder on what the GDS is and the TDS is, the GDS is the percentage of your monthly household income that covers your housing costs. And the TDS is the percentage of your monthly household income that covers your housing costs and other debts that are on your balance sheet. Let's say that you're looking to qualify for a $700,000 mortgage and your bank or broker says that you can only qualify for $500,000 based on your GDS and TDS. Here's the thing, if you have liquid assets like cash, registered investments or unregistered investments, then some lenders would actually look at those to help you qualify for more. So let's say you have $200,000 in such assets, some lenders would lend you $1 worth of mortgage for each dollar you have in these types of assets. And that would be above and beyond what you would qualify for in terms of a mortgage amount with that lender based on the GDS and the TDS. In this example, if the maximum mortgage you can qualify for is $500,000, then you can get an additional $200,000 in mortgage due to the assets that you have. There are lenders on the street that would also consider a percentage of these assets, and they would use that as additional income to help your mortgage application. Isn't that great? Outside of these lenders that offer such programs, other lenders may give an exception. What is an exception? An exception is allowing you to qualify for more um, or giving uh, your file better treatment per se because you have a cash reserve in the account. That's an exception. 
because that gives the lenders comfort. That's how they think about risk mitigation. So what are the key lessons here? Number one, disclose all of your liquid assets to your bank and to your mortgage broker, because that may open up additional qualification doors for you. Number two, do not assume that you need to use this cash to pay down debts. And please consult with your mortgage broker before you spend this cash, let's say to complete a re renovation or to finish a construction or for any other purpose. During tighter qualification cycles, like the one we're in right now, lenders actually come up with innovations, such as the ones that I shared with you today. There are other non-traditional programs that are also available to you on the mar market and they can help you qualify for more or qualify for better terms. If you are currently not happy about your mortgage qualification or options, my team and myself would be happy to help you explore qualification options and possibilities that you may not have considered in the past or simply are not offered through your bank. You can email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Awesome, Dahlia. Thank you so much. Super insightful. Guys, reach out to Streetwise if you haven't yet. On that note, if you are interested in, in meeting a key in person, she's also coming back to our Have Your Cake and Eat It Too retreats at Inspire Beach Resort, which is the resort I've been building with Harry James. And we do events and retreats there. So check that out, inspirebeachresort.com. And we are going to have lots of great retreats, but this spe specific one is geared towards entrepreneurs and investors. And it's going to be August, uh, mid-August. And uh, if you want the exact dates, I think it is the 15th to the 17th. Um, and it is in the Kawarthas. So uh, if you want to meet a keen person, I will be there myself. Lots of great other investors, speakers, and all that good stuff. So um, reach out there. And then if you are still interested in the midterm class, I will be raising the pricing once the course is going to be completed um, as we are going through it live right now. But if you are interested, check out my website. If you are wanting to go into the midterm rental strategy, just to get a little bit more control and better cash flow, it is sarahlarby.com and you can find the information there. On that note, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Aki, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Sarah. It's good to be here. I'm excited to have you on. I think, uh, well, we really connected at the retreats in August at the Inspire Beach Resort. And I love your story. Um, and I also love how, you know, you give back to, as well to the to the real estate community and uh, and help others along the way. But let's uh, let's start with the beginning. How did you get started in real estate? Okay. Well, thanks for having me. That's one. How did I get started? I get asked this question a lot. And I think I started in real estate by accident, and I'm sure a lot of people do. I've always wanted to invest in a property, and and I decided to just, you know what, after getting so many bad financial advice, you know, after graduating from law school and bad financial advice, I had like six-figure debt, you know, not net worth, but like debt, and just bad advice, left and right bank and all that. So at some point, I just got super discouraged. I'm like, okay, you know what? I have all these debt. Maybe I'll never really get into my investment journey. But it's not until I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to take this whole financial journey in my hand. And I did. And I read everything there was to, to read about financial literacy. And I realized, what am I doing? Like, I am wasting time just sitting here, like, penny by penny, paying up these debt, 
and not simultaneously investing at the same time. So I just went for it. Decided and what year, what year was that when you started? I started in 2013. Oh, same year as me. Okay, very cool. Yeah, that was a good yeah, year to get started. <laughs> so what was the first property you bought? First property was a town, mm-hmm. town home in a really good neighborhood in mm-hmm. Manitic. So it's one of like really good neighborhood here in Ottawa. And I, I still think it's it's one of the best investment that we had made just because of the location. We, we haven't sold it. It's still, um, it's still here in our portfolio. And I bought it before getting married. So got married in 2016, knew my husband then, Mike. And, you know, I just told him, I'm like, listen, I just need to start investing like before before getting married or anything. And, you know, usually it scares guys off. They're like, what do you mean? We're about to get married. What's the point? I actually think that that is like a really cool thing. So, okay, I'm not a guy, but I would assume that like most guys, maybe not everyone. So don't like come at me if if this is not you, but many guys will look at, you know, marriage or investing and like for a woman to say, I'd rather invest first before getting married. I think that's like, like probably a huge turn on, right? (laughs) And, you know, it should be, but you know what? some guys for them it's like well no and the reason why I was so afraid even to invest before is because you know I I had this one girlfriend be careful who you hang out Mm. with because I had a one girlfriend who used to tell me oh my god Achilles you know you've Aki you have like you're you're highly educated you have all these the career so just make sure that you don't start buying a house don't buy a house before you get married or else you're going to be too intimidated Mm-hmm. And somehow it stayed in my head, mm. you know? And uh, so before that, I'm like, well, I'm just going to wait. But then I met Mike, here's this guy. And I just tell him, I'm like, you know what? This is actually important to me. Like, I want to do this. And it's something I needed for my own self to check off before getting married. Because it's a dream that I had for a really long time. So I'm like, I want to do it. His reaction is what shocked me. Because, you know, this bad advice that I had. Okay. And what was your so reaction? I'm, I'm so, like, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, why? You know, we can do this together. And he looked at me and he said, okay, well, what are we waiting for? Let's ah, go nice, nice. That's awesome. And that house, he actually yeah. took me to that place. He's just like, well, and I fell in love with the model. And that's probably yeah. though why you married him ultimately and at the end of the day. Him, smart yeah. guy. Because he was not intimidated. <laughs> so, and, you know, he, he came in, he had investment. I came in with investment and we just never stopped after that. Very we just cool. kept going and grew more into land and multifamily unit. And, and now I think I've just, you know, now I, I just can't, it's like I'm addicted to buying properties <laughs> yeah no absolutely I mean it, it's it's almost like winning right I mean of course you've got to like you got to take your time you've got to do it right. smartly you've got to calculate and, and analyze and then you've got to take action on the what you think makes sense absolutely um, absolutely the numbers have to make sense yeah now did you start with a buy and hold originally is that the strategy or what was it first strategy so I moved in I fell into it in the sense that I started with a house hacking got in and I said, well, I still have the six figure debt. I, at that point I had maybe paid like half of it. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, I still have a good like 40, 50K that I want to get rid of. I'm not paying for this mortgage by myself. My best friend ended up moving in. Um, one of my cousins as well ended up moving in. And uh, so that helped tremendously to pay down the mortgage. And I dumped as much money as I could in terms of just paying off uh, the bad debt that was eating on my cash flow. And then after that, I uh, was able to finish paying off the bad debt. Um, and then um, the equity in that house had just tremendously increased, obviously. Um, and um, as a result of that, just used some of those funds after, you no, know, like we purchased land, like our home uh, together that's sitting on a few, quite a few acreage. So that was another good investment because we bought like the ugliest house in the neighborhood. Nice. That's the but, way to do it. Sometimes you get, you find a decent neighborhood by the ugliest thing. Exactly. Right. So we did that and we really wanted land. Um, so we did, and it turns out to be the best investment, especially through the pandemic. Like the prices just went crazy high in the millions and we're just like, I don't know how we ended up here. Like this makes no sense. <laughs> amazing. So, amazing. Yeah. And so what part do you do versus what your husband does? Like, do you guys have like split tasks or are you kind of mostly doing it and he's just supporting in the background, which is totally cool. Cause that's what my husband, my spouse does as well. Um, but I, I'm just curious how you guys split all that stuff. So he has a property management firm Nice. and he's also a real estate agent. Okay. There you go. So it works. Was he a real estate agent though before? No. Ah, okay. He just became a real estate agent not long ago. And the reason why he's super good at, I don't know, just he's super friendly. You know, that guy who just convinced people to like buy homes. I'm just like, babe, what are we doing here? (laughs) <laughs> to get your license you know so yeah, yeah. through the pandemic he like he builds relationship with builders and builders call him and they're like hey we have this project coming up uh do you know anyone and he always knows someone so mm-hmm. he referred like over 10 people to purchase home and they were able to purchase the home without having to go through like some crazy bidding war so I'm just like yeah no like we we gotta capitalize on this <laughs> so <laughs> you need to go get your license and uh, he's always been into real estate, so it just really made sense since he had the property management firm before. So he takes care of the management, mm-hmm. property management of our local properties because we own property out of uh, province as well. And uh, and then he also takes care now of uh, as agent. And then I take care of the acquisition. So anything in terms of running the numbers, acquiring anything legal in the background, you know, corporation mm-hmm. versus non-corp holding and all of that. I take care of that and dealing with the accounting. Um, so it's kind of like a beautiful little cost. Nice. Bed. You guys complement all the different pieces very, very yeah. well. But we can't, there's, there's no way we would both be in the everyday aspects of the business together. I don't know how people do it. It would just drive me crazy. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, just want to take a moment and introduce you to one of my favorite paralegals, Andrew Chubetta. With over a combined decade of experience, Caveat LLP provides legal assistance for real estate investors and entrepreneurs, primarily practicing in the areas of landlord and tenant law. Caveat LLP is your one-stop shop when dealing with all of your tenant issues. Give them a call for a free consultation at 289-339-1311. That is Caveat LLP. 
Andrew Chubetta has been instrumental in helping me as a landlord and as a real estate investor, and I'm sure he can help you as well. Again, that's 289-339-1311. And now back to the show. Do you, for example, um, so like, obviously you both have full-time jobs and you have kids. And so, you know, when, when is that, like, when is the discussion to talk about real estate? Like, are you good? Do you guys like set scheduled times or anything like that? Or is it kind of just as it happens? So we have like our children go to bed at 7 p.m. It's yeah. like non-negotiable. Yeah. It's mommy's world. <laughs> so <laughs> um, anytime after that is really just our time, our time to connect, our time to talk about our businesses and uh, to see what's needed. And uh, so that's usually what we do. And we make sure at least to have these conversation, if not twice, but at least once a week where we sit down and we actually talk about the, the different companies that we have. Amazing. Amazing. It's, uh, it's awesome to see other power couples, you know, making things happen. And, you know, one of the things I want to go back to though, you talked about out of province properties, and I think you have some investments that are overseas as well. Um, you know, how is that from a management standpoint versus, or even an acquisition standpoint versus doing something that's local within, you know, driving distance to where you are? I think it's so important to know what matters to you. Like for me, the numbers need to make sense. I'm a numbers girl, numbers need to make sense. And when they do, fear just kind of disappears, you know? Uh, So out of province became something really attractive because you start looking at other provinces and Mm -hmm. numbers are making sense in terms of from the acquisition standpoint, right? So uh, we got into New Brunswick before there was any, um, you know, actual limit of whatever you're supposed to increase uh on an annual base so because that just came into effect what like six months ago so let's talk let's just talk about that real quick if you could just touch base on that because that is something new that a lot of people are coming to me and saying what about new brunswick and there's there's rules for foreigners foreigners aka people out of province (laughs) aka us yes and and investors and then there's also rules obviously now for increasing right uh Yeah. So New Brunswick was really interesting before because you could literally purchase at a significantly lower price. One of the issue from an Ontario uh, buyer perspective is the rent uh, amount were super low, right? So if you are creative in your strategy, you do have access to some funding where you can, you know, utilize the Burr method. Uh, you renovate some of those units, uh, then you were able to increase the rent at something that would be a lot more market value um, based on you forcing the appreciation and and whatnot. And then you were able to also increase as a result of that, um, you know, put better tenants inside and and increase the rent that you're charging. So because of that, you are buying at a favorable um, you know, purchase acquisition uh, amount. But in addition to that as well, you are benefiting with the, the, the rent that you are now able to, to charge. So the cash on cash made sense, the, you know, return on investment made sense. Uh, and we took advantage of that before the craziness that happened a little bit. Um, when you noticed uh, at the end of this year, legislation was passed and I knew there were sort of like talks because there were interveners uh, with the pandemic who were really pushing for some type of um, legislation that would force 
um, you know, that would protect uh, tenant a little bit more because now you had a lot of people who were abusing a little, a little bit, right? Like sort of just came in and would increase the rent from like five, 600 to like $2,000. And it mm-hmm. just became a little too much for people. So now they uh, implemented a 3.8% per year, which is still way better than what Yeah, but un- unfortunately, like some of those landlords that do this and it may or may not be reasonable. In my opinion, you know, going from $500 to, to 2000 or, or that, you know, amount is how unfortunately these rules and bylaws come into exactly. play and it ruins it for everybody, unfortunately. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, it's like the same thing that happened to Toronto. Back in the day, there was a story that hit the news about somebody, you know, their, rate, their rents essentially doubled um, because back, you know, before Kathleen took over, it was 1991 onwards was not rent controlled in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And so she made it all rent controlled. And then Ford had to untangle that because anyways, a lot of builders and stuff like that pulled out that were doing apartments, um, right. purpose built and stuff. But, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But, you know, you got in beforehand. Uh, so you probably we got in beforehand. So we did make some money. Mm-hmm. Um, now, also, the legislation really spoke mostly about 2022. It hasn't really been clear as of yet what's mm. the plan for 2023. Oh, I highly doubt, okay. you know, if I had to put on like a lawyer's hat on, I highly doubt they would like go backward and completely just remove it because mm. right? it would kind of wouldn't make sense. But I'm curious to see what yeah. they're planning on doing. It's going to be interesting because as a recession happens and and we don't know how deep it's going to go. And as a lot of people are now waiting on the sidelines and maybe they will need investors (laughs) to come back at some point. Um, So, okay. So that's, that's New Brunswick. Like what other provinces are you investing in and and where else other than Ontario are you, are you looking at? We also have um, a family cottage um in this is in the Quebec side so mm-hmm. it's about an hour and a half outside of Ottawa mm-hmm. and that one sits on it's a waterfront cottage it sleeps 12 to 14 people just in the midst right now of completely you know uh making it short-term rental friendly uh transitioning into the short-term rental for that the interesting thing about the cottage is it sits on a 2.2 acres property mm. And there's possibility to build more on it. And, and potentially sever or build or sever and build. Exactly. Nice. And okay. the land right next to it, there's a land right next to it that we acquired. And that's another two acres on it. Good for you. So that's amazing. Congratulations. So I'm actually excited. This is kind of like the next big project, uh, trying to figure out what to do with the land right next to it. And I was super, mm. super inspired by you, uh, by uh, the project that you're working on. So, Which you actually came to and saw live in person. I saw it. Inspire Beach like, Resort. This is genius. So yeah, definitely. It's always in the back of my head. Okay, this is- If you need any, any help or any like, I mean, not not that I have all the answers by any means, but I'm happy to share, you know. Oh, I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> and I know, I know you would be greatly resourceful. So just bouncing back ideas of someone who's done it and who's doing it. So I appreciate that. So what are you, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. What are you doing, I guess, to prepare 
for, you know, and now that the rates are increasing for a potential, you know, it may or may not happen, but a potential recession, um, are there certain things that you're doing differently or ways that you're analyzing or buying differently, or what are you doing with your portfolio? Uh, quite a few things. So before, because obviously we knew that rates were increasing. So went back, looked at some of those variable mortgages that we had, uh, the ones and started having conversation with lenders with, you know, for the ones that we had first lenders, like the bank conversation on, um, you know, converting into fixed rates. So the ones that made sense from a numbers perspective converted them um, for like a two years period. So did that. The ones that didn't make sense um, because I thought it was way too high. Now I look back and I'm like, hmm, maybe it wasn't that high since things are going even higher than anticipated. But um, for those, it's really just getting creative with increasing the cash flow. And uh, we have, um, this is actually going to affect uh, one of our, like a, a 15 unit uh, property that we have. And because of that, you know, there's a, there's a huge garage that is simply not used. So increasing the cash flow by mm -hmm. renting out the garage um, as well. So that is going to bring an additional revenue of 400 uh, per month. I think that's, that's going to help a bit. And also converting, like creating more lockers um, in the property itself so mm -hmm. that it can be rented out. Uh, that's one. For some other projects that we have, definitely getting a little bit more into short-term rental. I call them luxury tropical short-term rentals. Nice. Um, so we are building a um, luxury uh, apartment in Tulum, Mexico uh, right now. And uh, there's we've opened it up as an opportunity for a joint venture. And this project is really interesting. Like Tulum was one of the, the location that I had noticed throughout the pandemic. A lot of people working from abroad were working from Tulum. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. I was like, what, what, what's going on there? So started researching a lot more. And, you know, obviously people love Mexico. They love Cancun. But Tulum mm -hmm. is a lot more, um, you know, young professional oriented. Uh, you still have the nightlife and the great thing. But it's a little bit more, less party and more family enjoyment. And and you can work from there. So I love the idea of it. And, and the, so developed really a team in Tulum, uh, connection with developer, interview developers. So we have a team like there um, and we've also created like a funnel. Um, so I've partnered with um, someone else, uh, Thea uh, Valinor and uh, two other Sean and um, and Giselle and we've created pretty much what we call luxury uh, tropical. So that's that's super exciting. We also have a Punta Cana project that we're nice. working on, three bedroom and two bathroom, and Tulum is fully furnished. So I'm excited about that because that's the numbers cool. are just different, <laughs> right? You're not dealing with interest rates that are crazy. You're not dealing with um, you know, all these rules and regulation, taxation issues, it's, it just works a lot better. Um, it's interesting. I so I don't know anything about Mexico, but do you, do you have to pay all cash for properties or are you getting some kind of financing then? For the Tulum, we're paying cash. You can get financing. You can get 
cross-border financing. You can even get some bank financing to some extent. You can get private lending, mm -hmm. uh, but the interest rates are crazy. So because this is one of the Got pivoting yeah. aspect of, you know, answering to our increase of interest rate, it didn't make sense to me mm. to go and invest somewhere with crazy and higher interest rates. So for, for, for that project, uh, we decided to, to purchase cash because the numbers make sense and we could. Uh, Punta Cana, we're getting 50% uh, financing because the rate and it's getting financed by a lender, Scotia Bank. So it, it made more sense based on the analysis. Right. And now are these development projects or are these more like, like so the one that you're getting 50% financing, are they financing the development? They are. Okay. And yeah. what about the construction costs? The construction, they're develop, they're actually financing a little bit of both. It's mm. the way they, so they finance the entire project okay. uh, at 50%. Okay. So, so half of the construction, half of the purchase. Exactly. Okay. Nice. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, are you looking for a reliable contractor for your next Burr multifamily conversion or flip project? Somebody who understands how to work with investors and also real estate investing itself. I've personally partnered with Lee Polak from Wise Construction. We're actively doing many projects together in Hamilton and Welland. So things like smaller three and four unit conversions and also some larger buildings where we're converting some large empty commercial spaces into residential units. And it's always been important to me to partner and hire a contractor who does not only high quality work, but is on time and on budget. And it's also a huge bonus that they have their own in-house trades employees and a warehouse full of building materials so that they can avoid the many labor and material shortages that we hear about often these days. A good project done on time, on budget, and with high quality work will be key to the success of your Burr multifamily conversion or flip projects. So to connect with Lee from Wise Construction, text or phone him at 416-525-5951. Again, that is 416-525-5951. And now back to the show. So, so that's good. And then I guess you're, you're bringing in partners to fund it, which yes. as the experienced investors, that might make sense to do exactly. <laughs> so that you're not. And a lot of people have, like, they're just looking for new ways to. Yeah you know, to put their money to work in a way that it makes sense. And, you know, this is short-term rentals. We're making U.S. dollars on a monthly base and mm -hmm. the numbers are making sense. So, Oh, that's cool. And you get to go there, probably expense it and write it off because it's a business exactly. expense because you're going for, I mean, you're going for business. I mean, what, you can just have fun. You can like a true way. business woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, okay. So obviously like Mexico you know, with the Caribbean, like there's so many rules and regulations, like who are some people on your team that you're like, I have to have this person on my team to help me maneuver through all of this. Cause it's probably not the same team that you yes. would have locally. Yes. So in both of those locations, key people on the team, a lawyer. <laughs> so a lawyer that understands that country though, specifically, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. So not and your regular a, closing lawyer. That's local. no, not your regular closing lawyer. You, a lawyer there who understands investments, um, like uh, international investment, or we have one lawyer here who understands uh, international investment for both of those places for Latin America, generally speaking, and uh, he's he's on the advisory team per se in terms of what's the best strategy. 
but then also a local lawyer in each of those locations, obviously for the purpose of closing those deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, realtor, uh, we have found uh, a realtor there to be quite resourceful in terms of just connecting us with the proper uh, lending for Punta Cana. Uh, so that's been really helpful. Um, and also someone boots on the ground to deal with, because they're going to be short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so boots on the ground to deal with uh, the actual, you know, outsourcing of the cleaning and whatnot. And someone actually from our team, Giselle, she is from Punta Cana. She nice. has okay. connection and family there. Uh, so, the, and, and also she's extremely fluent in, in Spanish. So she's been very instrumental for both of these projects in being sort of a communication person oh, who understands cool. the culture and all right. of that. It's uh, dealing a lot more, you know, feasible and easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing also an accountant that understands those countries, the trees yes. and, yes. you know, the taxes yeah. and, and how, because you don't want to get, well, some places you, I think, again, I'm not an accountant, but some places have ways that you could do it. So you're not taxed twice and some, some places don't. Yes. Uh, so talk to your accountant to help uh, for sure. Um, and then even just the setup, right? Do you have this in a corporation, some kind, you know, and all of that, like, it's probably not in your name and how to set it up properly so that you, exactly. you know, that you and there is, you know, and it's good that you brought that up because that aspect is so important because mm-hmm. we're talking about a difference of like 15% taxation gap between how you're setting it up. If you don't set it up the proper way, you are literally looking at a 15% increase. Um, so yeah, in terms of like paying tax. So I'm, it, I'm excited to see though the end result. Thank when you. is it gonna be finished? August, 2023 for Tulum. Okay. And uh, Putankana is gonna be early 2024. Nice. Nice. So, so feel free to share on your Instagram and we'll like add your Instagram handle, like all about the project. Cause I wouldn't mind staying there, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be one of your clients. <laughs> Come on anytime, Sarah. That's the beauty though. Like why, you know, I feel like the pandemic for me, like completely changed the way I look at vacationing. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to own where I stay, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah you are literally going somewhere luxurious that you love but then it's your home it's your place you're an investor in there and you can have your own chef you know you can have a chef come and cook you can enjoy I feel like you enjoy the place in the city a little bit better if you learn how to not always stay in resort you know so a hundred percent it's it's sometimes about being and feeling like a local and, uh, you know, it's a different experience or you do, you go and you go for two weeks and half the time is, you know, you live like a local and then half the time right. you can go somewhere and do like a retreat of some sort or whatnot. So, exactly. you know, with, with all the stuff that you've got going on, obviously you've got Mexico, you've got Punta Cana, you've got your cottages, multifamily, your development, like you've got a ton of stuff going on. What, what are some of the challenges that you're facing, um, you know, as, as you're growing and as you're scaling that you can share so somebody can learn and maybe, you know, take some action on it. Right. Um, one of the challenge that I faced and I'm still navigating through it is like remembering why did I start doing this in the first place? And I started doing this because, you know, I wanted to free my time, right? Like crazy job, 
wanted to free my time. We wanted to scale up so that we free our time and have the freedom to spend quality time with our children, have the freedom to travel. So it was really important for me that um, real estate doesn't become another nine to five. Like right. that was like super important. And then obviously you start scaling up because it kind of just creeps on you, right? It's such mm -hmm. a great vehicle to build your wealth that when you get it, you totally get it and you just want to scale and scale all the way up. So um, I had to remind myself, like, I don't want this to become another job. So mm -hmm. having systems in place, you know, knowing how to properly delegate, like having like all of these uh, obviously out of um, out of province um, uh, properties, there's a property management, there's bookkeeping, even the local one, there's bookkeeping, there's uh, an accountant, everybody liaison, they deal with that. There's um, uh, a virtual assistant. Um, and now really someone that I'd love to add to the team is someone who knows how to run numbers the way I like to run numbers. <laughs> yes. And, you know, so that they can start doing that aspect. It's really about freeing uh, my time and focusing on what I call your genius, like my genius and my genius is finding good deals and enjoying buying them so I can, you know, have the freedom. So like stabilizing, I love stabilizing, negotiating and stabilizing the, the property and then just step aside, let the systems work and you kind of just come and oversee everything. Right. I love, I love it. I, the finding your genius. That's amazing. That's amazing. So speaking of genius, because I think you're a genius. Oh, thank you. What about your friend in the beginning that told you, you know, that like, you're, you're crazy. Where, like, what is she saying now? Do you still have a contact with, with her? Or did you kind of cut that, cut that off? She wants me to coach her, Sarah. Look at that, man. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Now she's coming back around. Okay. This is what's going to happen. I'll tell you. So if somebody starts and they're like, I'm going to buy real estate. And they get told that they're nuts and that they're going to lose their shirt. And again, right. some people do. I'm not saying that nobody does. It happens. But like, that is, a, that is a beautiful story. Yeah. But now she's coming around beautiful. saying, I was wrong. Thank you for not listening to me. Cause you didn't listen to her no. probably because, because she wasn't where you wanted to be yeah. when she had that conversation with you. And I, I think that listeners need to really be aware of that is people might have your best interest. They might, might want to be helpful to you, but if they are not where you want to be financially, health-wise, you know, family, friendship-wise. Like there's like lots of different dimensions, right? But if they're giving you financial advice and they are not there, don't listen to them. Right. Just listen to somebody that's where you want to be or listen to these podcasts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow, that's listen a really cool story. People who will help you get to where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. So, so now you're going to be mentoring her. Uh, and and helping her along with her journey. And I think exactly. you mentor a lot of women in general as well, right? Tell us a little bit about I that. I do. So I do have a coaching, one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching for financial literacy, money management, and real estate. Um, I just come from the school of thought that you can be a really good, successful real estate investor and also really be good at managing your personal finance. Because I, I find sometime in our space that people just, you know, they just go with the, I just want to invest, invest, invest. And sometimes they over leverage and 
you know, they're suffering. They're, they're actually not, they're cash flow. There's no cash flow. They are over their head in debt and they're not really enjoying the real estate vehicle for what it should be enjoyed for. And this is mm -hmm. to create you that freedom, financial freedom, and also like time freedom, right? So um, it's really about helping real estate investors and, um, and just overall people who want to build wealth do it in a, as I say, financially intelligent way, right? So know how to manage your personal finance, uh, providing you with those tools and know how to build wealth by using real estate as a strong vehicle to do that. So I do that and empower women through, as nice. you know, the Women Investors Network Canada. Yes that I have, uh, that we incorporated with uh, Esther and Danielle. So the wink, it's becoming a, a big, you know, you guys are like a branching off. Like I'm looking at like a, a Toronto chapter, Vancouver chapter. It's wink is like the next women of real estate investing, like it, everywhere across Canada. It's like, it just blows my mind. What wink has become in less than a year, Sarah, we like, awesome. we're turning a year in December. And we have chapters like in Calgary, in Halifax, in Toronto, in Vancouver, in Guelph, in Ottawa, right? And we just want to reach as many women as possible all over Canada, right? And creating those spaces uh, where women can build the confidence uh, in, in investing and just understand that they're badass, as I say, that you're a badass investor, know it. Because you're the only person who doesn't know it. You know what I mean? So that's yeah, we awesome. Love it. I, I love it. So it's W-I-N-C, Wink. Um, and we'll we'll at the end of this podcast, we'll like, you know, make sure that you let everyone know how they can join. But I think it's amazing. Like you guys are giving back, you're learning, you're giving back, you're action takers. You're I think the other thing that's really important, you know, and as as a coach as well, is you've got to be actively investing in the market that's happening today. Exactly. And if you've done it five years ago, you've done it 10 years ago, sorry, but that was a whole different market. And I think, you know, all of you, and I know there's a, there's a, a few of you, there's Esther and, and, a, and a couple others in there. Um, it's important that everyone is doing as they preach and you all do, which I think is very admirable. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's important. And you know, like the market is scary right now and I know everyone's super fearful, but the reality is, okay, interest rates are high. Guess what? They're going to come down, you're going to refinance them, and you're going to take advantage of a lower interest rate. Like, you know, people are just sort of sitting on the sideline and not being creative in figuring out how can I still acquire? Maybe I should do a conversion, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for, um, uh, you know, or I should change my, my strategy a little bit. Like the yeah. solution is not, I'm just going to sit it out for the next five years and not invest because you, you will regret. I think you mentioned, you said it bang on is change. The strategy is pivoting, right? So the birth strategy where it was five years ago is not going to work anymore. You've got to do mm -hmm. more units. You've got to like, probably like you talked about short-term, maybe some midterm stuff. Like you've got to figure out how to be creative and, you know, make the right moves. But I'll tell you the negotiations and ability to add clauses and use the inspection report to reduce the price of the purchase even more is amazing. And look, at the end of the day, here's the thing. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know how deep this recession is going to go. Um, I'm still buying and being more cautious. I think, yeah. you know, what we were buying at seven, 800 back in the day is probably four five, 600. Now the ARVs are going to be less. But when you look at that as a whole and the, and the rents, by the way, in most regions are going up like 15, 20%. Yeah. 
the payments and the income and everything is still fairly similar. You just have to make some tweaks and you have to make some pivots. Um, you know, but like there are some strategies that I would never touch right now. I probably wouldn't flip right now. I probably wouldn't do any pre-construction, like, like the whole strategy out there. That's like buying contracts and assigning the paper, like careful. There's some strategies that are very, very risky in this market. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of unknowns and there's some strategies that like you might be able to control a little bit more so understand that talk to the professionals and all that good stuff but I think it's important to you know have if you're if Aki, you're, you're buying stuff currently right now you're making deals happen right. um, you and the other wink ladies as well and so you know I think that like that is a good coach for somebody to be able to say okay somebody's actively investing in this market I want to actively invest in this market not a market 10 years ago right what is important to know and you know that's that's a big part of it there's still room to make money in this market like we just closed last month on a 20 unit here in ottawa where honestly the appraisal came back so it was purchased for 2.4 the appraisal came back at 3.7 amazing that's like a building 1.3 mil right so just to encourage anyone out there who they're like, oh, there's no way that I can still, you can still make money. There's still some great deals. Yes, pivot, change your strategy, learn about other strategies yes. and change according to what works best for, you know, what you're trying to achieve. For sure. And I think, you know, now versus like when we started a key in 2013, like you have to be a little bit more hands-on or a lot more hands-on than back then, like back then a buy and hold actually worked. You can't really do that anymore. In the majority of the markets. You just buy and you hold. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't have, that just doesn't happen anymore. So like, it's not as passive as it used to be. Is it going to change at some point? Maybe, you know, but like ultimately at the end of the day, it's like, it's exactly what you said. Adapt to the change, pivot along the way. Your strategy might have to change. Like I remember back in the day, it's like, stick to the strategy, stick to the market. You become the expert. Like, yeah, like that doesn't actually make sense in today's Absolutely 2022, not. 2023 world. You got to pivot. You got to change. You got to change markets. Yeah. Um, all that good stuff. So um, Aki, the next part of the podcast is a lightning round. I'm going to ask you five questions that every guest gets the exact same ones. You can give me the first answer that comes to mind in like 20 seconds or less. You ready? Okay. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Today's lightning round has been brought to you by midtermrentalproperties.ca. It is a new way to rent make more cash flow, take back control over our investments and our portfolios using a different creative strategy and pivoting. So if you want to find out more, go to midtermrentalproperties.ca. All right, let's play. Question number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book? Oh man, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and say rich dad, poor dad, just right. because it's, I think it's the one that's shift your mindset. It does. Yeah, it does. Great, great, great. There are so many books, but there are so many books, but that is like for, for sure. That is like hands down the number one that everybody says, because it's changed their lives. It was like the eye opener book of, of, it might not have the most amount of information, but it was the biggest eye opener book for most people. Right. All right. Number two, not necessarily real estate related, but do you have a favorite podcast? What do you mean, Sarah? Hello? Of course, your podcast is my That's favorite. Hilarious. Podcast. Okay, so other than mine, because they're listening to this right now, what's another podcast they can listen to once they're done this one? Big, bigger Pockets for sure yeah. is also a good podcast. Yeah, I would say that. Okay. All right. Awesome. Bigger Pockets is a great one. All right. Number three. What do you do for fun? 
I show up for myself. I work out. I go to the spa. I have like a strong morning routine that nobody messes with in my house. They know. Um, I play tennis. I just, I don't know. I just enjoy a good glass of wine and some good girlfriend conversations. Amazing. That sounds like a very perfect, perfect way to have fun. Can I ask about your morning routine real quick? What is yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. So wake up early, uh, meditation, prayer, uh, workout. I, you know, drink your water. Um, and when I say meditation, like really in embracing the silence, like that's not the part where you talk. That's just the part where you're comfortable being silent and just sit there and it takes some practice, but it changes your life. So before I can go out there and empty my cup, I need to fill mine in the morning. That's kind of my non-negotiable. Love it. I love that. All right. Number four, if you lost everything tomorrow, your money, your assets, your real estate, et cetera, how would you start again? Yeah, I would, I would really just start by purchasing multi-unit. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they make sense in this market. Provided, you know, provided you can get some vacancies or you're in an area where you can. Um, Okay. Last question. If somebody has $50,000, they want to get started, but they only have 50 grand. How would you recommend they spend that money? Oh my God. Split it, split it, split it, split it. I would put, you know, uh, leave like a good 25 for mortgage lending, uh, put another 25 into either a really good deal or split it in, into two different deals, but definitely diversify your investment. And I think people are not utilizing mortgage lending significantly as they should as a good strategy. It's a really powerful strategy to double your money as well. Amazing. All right. Awesome. Aki, thank you for playing our lightning round. Where can my listeners reach out and find out more? Absolutely. So I am known on social media as Financially Savvy Girl. On Instagram, it's financially underscore savvy girl. And you can reach out, find out about the coaching program. You can also reach out to us, uh, Women Investors Network Canada, wink, W-I-N-C dot investors uh, on Instagram. And uh, I look forward to hopefully hearing from you. Amazing. Aki, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure. And I hope to see you again next year at the retreat. Absolutely, Sarah. And you, I don't know, maybe the wing women will all come down. There you go. Hey, you know what? It's the most fun we ever have. We have like three days of like all you can eat, all you can drink, lots of uh, great speakers and, and lots of time to bond. So. It was amazing. I can't wait. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.